everybody. This is the Drop the Beat podcast. My name is Charles Larita. And I'm Will Sarver. We want to thank you guys so, so much as we do every single week now for our 20th episode. This is our 20th episode. I think you're right. Which is bananas. Big I think two, I'm definitely oh. right because I had to check before we started recording because I didn't want to like mess up and sound like an idiot and then we have to edit over top of it. That's because preparation's key. You prep. It is that's, always key. That's what we're about. That's Yeah, definitely. But uh, I want to thank you guys and I know Will wants to thank you guys every week so far for these past you know 20 plus weeks because we skipped a couple in between of um, just listen to us beat off and then in the more recent weeks watching us beat off and hopefully beating off with us. Uh, I, I think that's very important. 20 is a lot. That's a lot of beating, man. That's, yeah. We've really, since we've started this thing, I think our, our beating off has just become more professional. Uh, it's become a lot more frequent. I know mine cleaner. has. It's a lot cleaner. cleaner. Yeah. Um, and I think we're getting better because now it's been a little longer that we last, I think, with our... Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I think you're right. It It's helping build our stamina. Is I think that's what you're going for. That's Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going for. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I really apologize if there's any children listening to this because I hear sirens. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, I well, called them. I was going to say, hopefully you guys have your cup of tea uh, with us today. We got some teas going on right now. He got a little spooky skelly one. I got my Sally one. Mm. So I'll take a little, little cheers. bit. Of, cheers right there. I got um, peppermint. Are we going to do another obnoxious sip? I think it's only, s- only proper at this point. Right. So everyone, please just crank that volume yep, really quick. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> oh lord I don't, wow something about the shape of this mug was very high pitched I, the, the, I hate the character mugs like this because the ridges round over and they are impossible to drink out of yeah this this had a very funny tone yeah, <laughs> I kind of purposely picked these because I knew it would be really, oh, really comical well um, that, I, that's it for 20 yeah, that was a great episode. That was a short Take one. Care. They, uh, um, they can't all last. You know, sometimes it's, you know, performance issues, whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jump the gun early. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I got peppermint uh, tea in mine. Would you, you have green tea? I think I have green. Cool. I, I don't deviate too often. That's okay. Yeah, I did a little peppermint because I was like, what's better than drinking a cup of tea and having the feeling like you just brushed your teeth? I think it's just really great. Some say you don't <laughs> have to brush your teeth after that. I don't. I usually don't. Anyway. Yeah. It's great. One in ten dentists recommend it. Yeah, I'm really trying to go full Jack Sparrow, and I feel like that's the quickest way. That's suitable. It suits yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. But uh, have you been? How was your, Um, because this is now the day after Halloween in a very weird COVID yeah. world. How was your Halloween? You know, so I was actually pretty impressed with the turnout. Good. Uh, You know, people still showed up, came out, did their thing, and the weather was kind of nice. A little chilly. I liked it. It wasn't bad. We were, We were bundled up. Um, when we we kind of went out and we did like a group Mario Kart costume, yeah, I saw it's pretty it's pretty awesome. It was it was passable. Yeah, I made PVC carts that went around us with like suspenders, and it was very cool. I I I'd like I'd like to think I excel at, at practical arts and crafts. Um, you do, but then, especially the macaroni art. I'm pretty good it's, popsicle yeah, sticks. I'm really good real popsicle good. sticks. Um, but then like anything in, in like the practical world, like. Taxes. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> don't pay them. No, I don't know. No, who cares? Yeah. Uh, but you know, so that was that was fun. But yeah, I, I I adore Halloween. I love it. And everyone's you know, it's like everyone has that kind of mindset. Where it's like, oh, it's the one day of the year. So take your skeletons down and put your skulls away and stop with the pumpkins. I'm like, that's not how it works at all. You're right. It's yeah. not. You know, the day after Halloween's not Christmas. It doesn't work like that. Um, 
I always had one of my students' parents where she was always like, you wear that skull bracelet every day, and you always have the, the shirts and the necklaces and the rings and the skulls. And Why are you doing that? It's not Halloween. And I'm like, sorry, ma'am, do you not have a skeleton inside of you literally the entire year? That's a great point. As she fell onto the floor in a giant puddle of skin and organs because she did not. She didn't. She oh. didn't. It was very disgusting. It's and they were like, get, get the mop and the Swiffer, and I did. Yep. Swiffer wet jet. She was what they call a wop. She was a wet ass person and we had to <laughs> okay. it was the mop and the bucket as right. the song lyrics say i've i heard the song once yeah yeah i um i think i need jesus we all need him we do we really good, do good lord um but anyway enough about that wop and the skeletons <laughs> and the woman turning into a puddle and my really fun pumpkin shirt over here jack lantern shirt right <laughs> Great pumpkin over here. Oh, baby. <laughs> um, let's talk. Let's chat. I think we should. We I should. Think, I think we owe it to the uh, the people here. Um, I've I've kind of loved what this has turned into because we were, you know, taking a lot of questions in the beginning and now it's kind of just we're getting a decent amount and we're kind of just pushing the questions together into one giant question smorgasbord. I love a good one. Yeah, which yeah. I think is great. It's great. A lot great of now I know you've been getting these a lot. I've been getting these as well. We've talked about inspirations before, which is important. We've always said things about people in our life and things like that. But inspirations also come from your favorites and kind of, you know, what you enjoy in music and a lot of people have been asking what's your favorite album or what are your favorite albums and why? And that's such an awesome open-ended question. I think it's, you know, a lot of people are always like, oh, yeah, this one song or this artist. And it's like, but an album is such a special thing because it's everything that works. Like, I seldom have, you know, any albums that I, I really consider to be perfect or things like that where it's like everything just works. Like, everything right. is, a, is a great song. Every You know, nothing is a filler. There's tons oh, of songs yeah. I listen to or, or tons of albums I listen to. And they have filler songs where it's like they needed a track and it's like a lot of work wasn't put into this kind of thing. Especially now, I think. Oh, a thousand percent yeah. now. Words. Well, albums aren't necessarily as impressive of a presence as they were way back when. I think just because it's everything is streaming and every single singles and everything is Spotify getting boned by that. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I think everybody's trying to get a single. Where, which is fine. Right. But like you said, it... Back in the day, like, an, uh, making an album was a huge ordeal and yeah. expense. Or just do what Michael Jackson did and have every song good enough to be a single on your that's, album. I mean, that's where the every song just charts. I mean, that's right. That's very, very important. But yeah, I think just the artistry going into, you know, making an an album is it's it's it is an art. It really, yeah. really is an art. And I think mm -hmm. there is, you know, it. It really kind of depends because, again, it's very subjective, very objective when you get into this kind of territory about it. Um, but, like, I mean, because I can think off, off the top of my head a lot of them that I like or a lot of them that I've listened to tons and tons of times. Um, and a lot of people, you know, with you and I, our favorite artists wouldn't necessarily expect is one of our favorites compared to what we play or anything like that. Um, That's a good point. But I think the one thing I've gotten more into because I was very heavy, like, I got – you know, when I was in high school, I got my iPod. Like, I was late to the iPod game. So I got mine in my sophomore year. And um, that was cool. But the problem is, I would just beeline back to the same 20 songs I've been listening to for the past 
however many years, and I would just listen and listen. So yeah. now that in my old ass fucking car, I have my CD player. So I will literally go to like, um, we have close to us in central New Jersey, which does exist. It's called the Princeton Record Exchange in the <laughs> town of Princeton. Um, and there's all super cheap CDs. And I'll be like, oh, I like this one song by this band. I'll go in and I'll buy the whole album that that song's on and I'll put it in my car and it's kind of cool because it forces me to listen to the whole thing. And yeah, I always try to do like one or two go-throughs of the album to get used to it um, before I'm like, okay, now I'm going to just start individually picking songs from this thing. Right. And you may find some gems on there that you didn't really realize. Thousand percent. That's a nice part. And I love getting into your car and then... Oh, see, you never know what it's going to be. I never know what it's going to be, and it's something different, and then I get to read the liner notes, because that's my favorite. I was going to say, I always leave the jewel case out, because um, I, I always say, fun fact for everyone at home, I, I always prefer to drive, not anything against Will. Will's a great driver. I get car sick. <laughs> I, get, I, I get tummy gurgles, and it's not it's not great. So I whoever I'm with, I usually always drive, just because... Um, yeah, I always leave. I've gotten used to leaving the jewel case out because you always <laughs> read the liner notes. The liner or sometimes notes. I'll always be like, "Oh, who did this? Oh, who played on this track?" Yeah, like something like that. Um, and it's really, it's really amazing because a lot of people, especially when you're listening to more solo artists, don't give the band itself enough credit. Um, Thousand percent. So one of my favorite albums, and we were looking at the liner notes, is one of my favorite albums. It's easily in my top ten. I really like um, Alanis Morissette's "Jagged Little Pill." That had all her radio hits on literally every song on that like charted at number one at one point. They were all on the radio. Like everything was a single. Everything was fucking good. Um, that band on that album is phenomenal. They're really good. Um, yeah. A lot of people didn't know um, Flea played bass a lot on that album. Dave Navarro from Alice in Chains. Some heavy hitters. Yeah. He yeah. was on the or um, not Alice in Chains. Jane's Addiction. I was close. He played. Yeah. And right. he played with the Chili Peppers a lot too. Or maybe he did play the Alice James one point. I don't know. He played with everybody. But he he played a lot on that album. Like there was a lot of good players on that album. And I remember we were finding that out because we were uh, driving. You picked up the liner and start, kind of started going through it. And like you get a lot of heavy hitters on that album. I was um, really surprised to see some of those names that popped up on. I there. never I never knew. But then it kind of adds up. It makes sense. That's why, why the yeah. part of the album is you know so dynamite. Yeah, I mean, it's it's stuff you'd never expect. Yeah, which I think is is important. I think uh, the other one that I always like because again, it's you know me being a thirty year old human being, and a lot of people being like, "Well, you listen to the Spice Girls," and it's like, and I always say, "Dude, the bands on this album, though, it's like this is a disco album. Like this is yeah. actually it's a disco album. It's a dance album, and it's like the players they have on that album are phenomenal. Like that's what I'm always like, and it's." Also, they actually wrote most of their own stuff, which is cool, or at least the lyric portion, which that I think is great yeah. because you don't get that a lot with a lot of songwriters nowadays. Oh, no. Um, just just so everyone at home knows, um, Wet Ass Pussy was, in fact, written by a man, and that was not written by Cardi B or <gasps> Megan Thee Stallion. I don't oh know if you knew. Gosh. Granted, she performed it lovely, but it really wasn't written by her. I am stunned by this news. I am. I am, too. And for all of you at home, that's what wap actually stands for i've come to learn i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to cross sip. myself a couple times do you need jesus a little bit if i didn't already need him before <laughs> oh we need him now now more than ever but so it's it's um and obviously not to put anyone down but now that everyone has this technology to make an album in their house in their bedroom right here got fl studio you pop that 
motherfucker on and you make beats and you clone stamp and granted there are people who are really good at it like yeah but again i listen nowadays and i'm like some of these beats are cheap cookie cutter kind of thing yeah and i'm thinking back and i'm like you know if you want to learn how to work a drum machine go listen to any quincy jones album quincy jones album that he did for michael jackson because that's how you do a drum machine because after off the wall which is my favorite michael jackson album which that was like the real that was coming up dude that's a that is a slamming album that whole album is a bop like front is that a thing a bop they say that yeah, some of my younger students, they'll be like, oh, this is a total bop. And I was like, what does that mean? Because I'm thinking bebop, and I'm like, that's not what this is. Yeah, I'm thinking like <laughs> Coltrane, and they're like, oh, this is a total bop. And it's like, okay, so you're trying to make like a 50s term. into It's, it's All right. kids, man. I well, like, it's a bop. I'm it's pulling up Urban Dictionary like every yeah. five seconds. I'm like, what, what, what is, is this? WAP? They keep talking. Oh, this song's a WAP? Is that what they said? <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't know. But um, Off the Wall's phenomenal. Um that was Louis Johnson played bass on that album, and he's one of my absolute him and him, and then James Jamerson, of course, of you know, Motown fame and and the Funk Brothers. Like, those are my two dudes. Um, Louis Johnson is phenomenal, and he he was kind of like the bass wise, like the Ringo of their thing, where he did wasn't a monstrous player but he played what was needed and he's really goddamn good at i mean i can't say he's not a good player because that dude that dude could play like just nobody's business um but it's funny because then after that they pretty much went to a drum machine i mean michael jackson had a band live but on his albums he went to drum machines like the thriller album the bad album all that kind of stuff um but he had some really good talent on it and quincy jones knew what he was doing to have he's the man to have a a jazz dude come in and do pop records like that was like a really big thing. Like that was huge news when that happened. Yeah. It's unusual that time. It was very unusual, but I mean, Quincy's no slouch. Like he knew, he knew what he was doing and that was, was the best part. Perfect. Cause he could, Michael could come to Quincy recording his stuff. So a lot of people don't know Michael Jackson played piano and guitar too, which a lot of people don't know that. And he would come to Quincy with like, you know, these eight track recordings of him just in a studio beatboxing and doing all these vocal parts for instrumentation and being Quincy, like, can we do this? And Quincy would make it work. And he would, that's why a lot of those songs have very weird chord progression, but they're really good. They like work. That, yeah. Oh my God. I love, love that. So if we're in, cause that's very, you know, disco y, very funk kind of dance stuff. If we're in that kind of realm where they're, or in that kind of bands or horn bands or anything, are there any albums that you really truly favor from that, from that time period? Or more so I mean, genre yeah. or kind of thing like that? Because I know you're very heavy into that. Yeah, I mean, I know he's going to come up at some point, but, you know, Stevie's going to be... I was waiting for it's, it. I was waiting. It has it. to be said. Yes. You know? Um, want you want to talk about the greatest jazz musician ever have a pop career? That guy. Absolutely. That guy is a national treasure. Yes, he seems like the sweetest person ever. Yeah, and can do everything, really, really, really well. Yeah. So I um I was talking to one of my students about him recently because we were talking about what's called the whole tone scale, and the whole tone scale for all of you theory nerds at home. <laughs> before I push you <laughs> in a locker and take your lunch money for knowing what this is, uh, essentially a whole tone scale. It's every note is spaced with a whole step. So if you were looking at a guitar, it would be. Every note has one fret in between it and has a really weird sound. It's, yeah, it's very seldom used in like contemporary pop music, and he uses it in stuff. 
And he's like one of the only people I've ever really heard in like pop music or R&B to use it. And it's really goddamn cool. Uh, it's in uh, You Are the Sunshine of My Life. It's like that bam, 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 bam. bam. It's like yeah. that very, yep. that's the whole tone. Hold, hold, <laughs> I can't even say it. That's how Beep, weird. Be the that's the whole <laughs> tone scale. Um, Stevie's a genius. Um, and I think, obviously, it's I like songs in the key of life. Like that's, you cannot, that's it, man. You can't go wrong with that. There was a, uh, a younger gentleman who was very into Motown R&B I worked with, and he had never listened to that album. He was always like, I like Stevie Wonder. I'm like, go listen to it. He's like, I never listened to it. I'm like, you can't say you're into this stuff if you haven't listened right. to that album. And he came in the next day as if he experienced like some religious like coming yeah, in any sense of the word you want to take that. It's an experience. Dude, that album is um, just absolutely ungodly. I love that. Sir Duke is on that, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that, that song is i mean for the time and still today it's just like the horn section and the horn line that's written that is that's one of the most memorable horn lines i've ever heard yeah it's it hooks you instantly and it's not easy no by all a, means yeah the uh boom that's it's it. such a good run but like you said <laughs> yeah <laughs> jazz it's a that's a jazz that, run. That whole progression, I mean, yeah, is it is, is an incredible, very. I would say, yeah, if you want to say that, that is like a, a like a slowed down, kind of like a Coltrane or Charlie Parker kind of run. Like that's what that feel is. That's what he listened to, right? And he put it into the way he wanted. I mean, that's like that's what we do in the band, where it's we listen to all stuff and we bring that to the table when we play, right? Um, which for everybody listening and watching, like. If you are very narrow-minded to one genre of music, you need to open that up. Because I was always just like rock and blues when I was young. And obviously pop stuff I didn't really... And then it's like once I started broadening that, that's when I got good. Or that's when I thought I was That is some truth you're speaking right there. That's um, huge. So, yeah. So if I was to go complete left field out of my range completely one of my absolute favorite albums and I, it is one of the albums i always consider to be perfect um is carol king's tapestry Ooh. if you've ever listened to that album that had all her big hits on it um because she was an, a monster songwriter so everyone always has this kind of stance where not knock uh, not knocking anyone at all this is just opinionated um everyone always has this stance that bob dylan is the supreme songwriter in the world I'm, I'm smiling. I know. I understand that. <laughs> I understand that completely. Yes, he's very important to, you know, the cultural expansion of music. Yes. I think it's very important. Yes. I favor <laughs> Carol King. I honestly think that chick can write circles around him. I think she's absolutely brilliant. Um, she was not only a songwriter for herself, and really the only reason she got into doing her own stuff was because she was writing songs, and people would say, this would sound better if you did it. And that's when she got into it. Um, she wrote for Aretha Franklin. They were super close. She wrote Natural Woman. Like, I that's mean, a yeah. big goddamn deal. She, you know, like, and then have to have, like, Aretha sing that was, like, a huge thing. Um, also, I'm, for the first time ever, watching through uh, Gilmore Girls with my girlfriend. And uh, Carol King does the theme song for that show and i oh really i, listened I did to not it, know that and i was like this sounds like a rip off of carol king and i looked up and it's, it's her carol king <laughs> she ripped herself off pretty yeah. good and it's like her and her daughter doing a duet and uh her daughter has this 
weird uh, Gwen Stefani voice. That's it. I did not know that. I've never and watched I've heard that more girls song. before, and now we're watching yeah. it because I forced. I didn't force her. I aggressively pleased, like begged her to watch. Uh, Scrubs is my favorite show, so we watched that through, and she was like, "Well, now we have to watch Gilmore Girls." Like, it's only fine. Fair. Yeah, it's fun. It's cool, but Carol King does the theme song. I think she's awesome. That album is fabulous, and if anyone hasn't listened to that album, you need to. Like, I'm not necessarily a singer songwriter person, but the band on that album is amazing. She's a fucking fabulous musician. Yeah, um, really cool songwriter. Um, like. I feel the earth move under my feet. I've wanted to do a version of that for years. Like that's an awesome song. Yeah, we we need to do that. She she's she's a goddess among men. Like that's that's it. That's all I got. That's, that's all I got over here. That's it. Now, I mean, <laughs> still continuing with with the albums. There's a lot that are live albums. You thinking what I'm thinking? Because I think you probably have a live one in mind that I would think of as well that you introduced me to that I had never heard. Ooh. And this also goes in the um, the category of opinionated. Well, no, I think he's the better pop rock piano person over this pop rock piano person. Oh, uh, yeah, I got you now. I didn't know where this was going. But Guys, I'm going to be completely real. If it's Billy Joel versus Elton John, I'm going to pick Elton John every single time. Anytime. Nothing against old BJ over there. Like He's, <laughs> he's cool, man. He's cool. He's, a he's cool, cool man. He's cool. He's, he's written some great stuff. Don't get me wrong. How do you top Elton, man? He's Sir Elton. And that One was the favorites. live album that I thought of. Yeah. I And when I mentioned it, I, I actually wasn't thinking about that one, but that that well, one's one of my favorites. And that's... I always get the it's name a, mixed it, up. It was because the, it's the, the date album. It's like 11... 11, 17, 17 71, I, I think, think it might be. The album cover is all black, and it's like a silhouette of him playing piano, and it was recorded live at a, they were at like a college in New campus, York I think. somewhere. And it was like really early, like maybe one of the first or second time he's been to the U.S. Well, that was a lot of his a lot of his big hits that weren't even hits yet because they weren't like recorded yet. Like that's almost like a demo album. Yeah. Um. And, and it's just, what's it, just piano, drums, and bass? Yeah, just oh, a trio. Dude, absolutely phenomenal. Because that's a lot of people are always like, oh, he's so theatrical. And it's like, you listen to that. Yeah. And you actually get to hear how talented of an individual he is. And the bass player on there, I think it's D. Murray. Don't quote playing, me on it. Is he it. playing upright on that album? I don't know. But, I don't remember. Um monster player oh, God. Uh, with yeah. on that album i was like actually stunned when i heard it and i heard the bass part on it mm -hmm. and um and it is so it for that time it was recorded really really well yeah and yeah. there's a version of honky tonk woman on there yeah and it is yeah hate to say it but it's way better than like when the rolling stones did it yes i, I think that's who did it a thousand percent it's that is a great great album and i think it's really underrated yeah no he's he's a phenomenal player and i it's funny because i don't really gravitate towards live out live albums too much i always kind of do more studio stuff because i like the studio aspect of it and i like the engineering yeah. that goes into it but what what live album were you really think of or live albums well i mean most people are gonna say frampton comes alive but i i never really got hooked onto it um but i think we have to mention it because of it's huge. It is. I mean, I he's mean, a the, he's a phenomenal musician. I love him. I've got I've got to see him once yeah. or twice. Um, he's a great player and an awesome human being. Um, he's he's definitely one of my favorite guitarists because he's very outside the box in that time period that he came up in. 
Yes. Which is um, also if, if you've never gotten to listen to. Um, so the movie's stupid, but there was the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band okay. movie. Yeah. Not about the movie, but the soundtrack is cool because it's. I outbeatled myself when I was in high school and middle school because it's like all I listened to. Now it's the point where it's like I can't. I, like it's just it's too much for me. Like I'm just I like, okay, I get it out of yeah. here. So I only listened to when people did versions of stuff. But um, the album was Peter Frampton, the Bee Gees, oh, doing all all of that. That's awesome. Stuff, which is cool. and then that brings me if we're talking about the Bee Gees, um, one of my favorite albums is the Saturday Night um, Saturday Night Fever album. Okay, which is awesome because the um, yeah Saturday Night Fever, the album they did was written for the movie and that had like literally a lot of their big hits and the Bee Gees wrote that album. And that's a big double album. That album's fucking great. Yeah, that it's is. It's a disco album. And that's like, I everyone's mean, like, stop talking about the disco albums. <laughs> like, yeah. That's all I got. That's all I got, kids. I'm sorry. I don't know what you want from me. Right. Um, but the live album that I was thinking about, uh, it's really kind of obscure. And you have to know, you know, really know the group. Uh, but it was Little Feet, the band, and the album's Waiting for Columbus. That's an awesome live album. And I have that album. It is. Yeah. I grew up listening to that. And I still listen to it. It is so good. And the horn section was Tower of Power. So yeah, I was gonna say, how do you, you go wrong with that? You can't get wrong. You know, go wrong with that. So I don't know. I waited this long to tell you this because I probably never knew that was one of your favorite albums. But the gentleman who who makes my guitar straps is actually really, really into uh, into Little Feet, and he actually knows the guys in the banks. He makes their guitar straps. Like still to yeah. this day. Yeah. Which I think that's is awesome. great, um, which is cool. Uh, yeah, that's just, uh, it's it's one of my favorites. And I think it was a guitar player. Is it Lowell George? Oh, I don't even know. Like, they're, they're yeah, a great but like, I don't know He was like one of the early in the, in the slide band, guitar players. Yeah. And the story was, is he, 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 I think it was like a model plane accident. And he like, damn it, he like hurt his finger. And how that's how he started to play slide. Oh, that's kind of cool. And kind of created that tone. Oh, so one of the live albums that, I really, really liked um, by someone you're never, ever going to expect. Um, I used to play the shit out of this record was it was the John Mayer Trio album. What? Yeah, I know. So I remember when people were I, I got when I was in middle school, this DVD. It was the Eric Clapton's Crossroad Guitar Festival. Yep, it was like I the, know the one the big. Yeah. Looking at all the people, all the big heavy hitters, whatever. And then I see John Mayer's on it, and I was like, "The fuck? Why is this guy on this? <laughs> this is stupid." I'm like, "The, the sappy love songs and stuff." And then, like, I watched him play, and I was like, "This dude's really good. Like, he's, he's very full of himself and very egotistical." But the dude can play. Dude plays great. He's a fabulous player. Um, so he came out with a live album called "Try." It was the John Mayer Trio album. And he he did the smartest thing possible. He did sappy poppy songs for sad girls, got incredibly <laughs> popular. So now he could just do anything he wants, and everyone's gonna eat it up. So he brought back a lot of that blues genre stuff. Um, three piece band. It was he. It was uh, Pino Palladino playing oh, bass, yeah. who is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, Steve Jordan was his drummer, who was also one of my absolute. The favorites. man. Yep. And it was those three, and it is such a good album. And I was just like, this is phenomenal. Like, I never, like, it was actually really good playing. Right. And I, I beat the shit out of that album. I listened to that all the time in high school on my anti-skip Walkman. Oh, good. The anti-skip. Because I was like the, Splurged. Li literally the last kid to get a, 
to get an iPod. So it was always that thing bumping around on the bus. Right, and, yeah. Or whatever. Um, but that I, it's live albums are interesting because they can either be really great or really not. Um, it's a it's a roll of the dice. I was I was always very very picky with them because I think part of me was like I don't really want to hear this like, crowd in the background. I want to just hear the band. Yeah. But sometimes it's like, wow, this group is so tight live. Like this is. That's yeah. the benefit of it is is your what you're hearing is, is exactly what what has happened. It's not overdubbed in the studio. It's not cut. And well, paste, that's that's you know? the thing you understand. Like there's a couple bands I won't make mention to who I've seen live where it's like they've done overdubbing in the studio and a lot they, of post work and, and you see them live and it's like oh right oh this is this is not very good um yeah that's that's not a great yeah. thing but if you have um, a live album and they sound just like they do in the studio yeah. i mean that says a lot right yeah. there uh, one of my favorite albums ever and it's one of our also shared people that we really like is david bowie's let's dance album mm that album's awesome. Yes. The guitarist on that was Steve Ray Vaughan, which I think is very cool. That's he played a majority of that album. Um, that's very, very dancey kind of kind of cool pop album. That was neat because he again reinvented himself as he always did. And he just was good at it. Like when he yeah. did he never half assed it when he was like, All right, we're gonna do a pop thing now, an eighties pop thing, and he just like transitioned no problem. And just, he went full steam with it. Yeah. He didn't fake it. Like there's a lot of people nowadays where it's like uh, the one big artist thing, like everyone every once in a while does, like I have an alternate personality, and it'll be like Nicki Minaj does it, Beyonce does it, um, Gaga's done it, uh, who else? Christina Aguilera did it, and it's just like, okay, yeah. Where it's like when Bowie did it, he was like, "This is me now," and that he's was, all in. He was in it, and it was like that was just incredible artistry. And don't get me wrong, like I adore Christina Aguilera, like she's one of my favorites, but yes, but it's like just don't like don't. What are, you, what are you doing? Right, but um, yeah, I always I always thought that was that was kind of cool. So if we were now getting more into, cause I'm always into the dance stuff and the horn stuff, but if we were getting into more of like a rock kind of thing. Ooh. Where would you go in that direction? Rock. I mean, and then you're gonna have to school me on some more country kind of stuff because that's not as. I mean, my country stuff's like uh, old. <laughs> Like actual country, yeah. That's what you're, yeah. yeah where it's, it's like there's there's literally trains on the album covers, right? It's it's a it's fine line today. It's yeah, I was gonna it's say. very different. Um, well, I was gonna say. So, what is your kind of whole take on it? Because I always, when I think of country music, I always think of it sounds like the country, like it's a train track beat, like it's that. What makes today's modern country country and not southern rock? It's a good question. Because I mean, the whole thing I always thought is if you were to sing this without a southern draw, would it sound like a country song or would it just sound like a rock song? And that that I always kind of I just I just want closure. Like I just want to know. Yeah, and I I don't know if I have the right answer, but I I can give you well, my put thoughts on your boots, on it. Put on your cowboy hat, get some overalls, and put a big sprig of straw in your mouth, <laughs> and let me know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just or what would you think about that? I mean. What I look for or what I want to hear is, you know, I think my favorite um, is probably Chris Stapleton right now. It's, I know, I know he's, a, he's a big heavy hitter. Yeah, yeah no surprise. Um, and I just think it's the way he writes and the instrumentation he chooses and the lyrics. Well, because he's a guy I know who goes in and knows everything about what he's doing album wise like he has the whole vision set like he's one of those yeah he's an great incredible writer 
such a unique vocalist, great guitar player. Um, but to me, I think he probably gives you the closest thing to country like a, now. Like a gen- genuine... Right. Because, I mean, for me, when I listen to it, it's I think about that. I think about, you know, traveling on a train and, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, and it's because he, he talks about that through his travels. And, yeah. Um, I think one of the albums is actually called Traveler. Um, nice. But it's the instrumentation he chooses, I, I think, is everything. I mean, the drums are very, you know, brushes, very simple. Oh, cool. You know... Um, at least the earlier stuff and, you know, very heavy acoustic guitar playing. And it's also the way it's recorded. Yeah. And uh, now he records with one of my favorite engineer, Vance Powell. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Talk about heavy Big hitters. beard. If yeah. he, you, you would see him. He's mm-hmm. got uh, plenty of Grammys now. Um, but he does all of Chris's stuff now. And the way he records in the studio is he does the vocals and guitar at the same time. Nice. Never separate. No, because that's that's... That's a rarity because a lot of people will track the guitar first and then track the vocals completely right. separate because you want to focus on both things. Yeah. But that's great. That's, yeah. But I think that gives it character. It gives it authenticity, which right. is very important. That's and how they did it back then. Exactly. And that goes back to the the original country stuff, I think. Yeah. You know, is that's how they recorded things then. Yeah. You know, and he still, that is how he does it today. And they're all in big open rooms and it's very... It's very clean recordings, but it's got a lot of grit to it and character, and it just, it. I think that's the closest thing that you can probably get to it. Oh, that's in awesome. my opinion. I don't. I'm not. You know, country's kind of new for me. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it now you hear is that southern rock mm-hmm. or pop, or now it's even hip hop. It's like yeah. it's all integrated now, and I can't get on board. So as far as like old school country stuff goes one of my uh favorite albums because i was a big johnny cash fan back yeah. in middle school and high school and all that um he had an album called orange blossom special and it literally did have a train on the cover and him sitting on the train and that was a cool album um because that's like the most genuine old school country stuff you could get um really good players on that album he had a, um he had a couple sax players on that album which was kind of cool like oh, dude like nice. really weird like country sax solo if you can imagine what that sounds like and and the liner notes I was always looking, this brings it full circle, and in the liner notes, all of his songs, most of the songs on this album were written by this guy, Robert Zimmerman. No clue who this dude was. Yeah, I don't know. It's Bob Dylan's real name. So he oh, wrote, like, almost okay. all the songs on this album. They were songwriters for each other, and they had just, they would use, like, pen names or fake names for stuff. That's so, like, so it's funny. a Johnny Cash album, just almost all songs written by Bob Dylan, just in his style. Right. Which And it's it's, like, super country-like, you know. Dirt road, someone has a goat in the room. Like, yeah, it's it's that's, that, which right. is cool. But I deviated a lot because I did ask you originally about rock album kind of stuff. So if we were going back to that, where would you kind of go amongst that kind of stuff? Now that's like kind of a broad thing because it's almost just like, well, you know, it's it's even hard picking albums like this because we're just kind of jumping around and jumping around like that. But I think it's when it's something you like and it's a good album, go for it. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, rock is a huge. It's a big piece. And it's, yeah, it spans over a long time. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I'm going to say anything that Soundgarden put out. Yes, a thousand percent. Was some of my favorites. I mean, to me, that's like 90s rock. When I think about it. Do you think Soundgarden? I think Soundgarden. Yeah, I, I mean. I would agree with that, definitely. Not, I'm not so much Pearl Jam. I, you know, I'm going to get a lot of flack for that. 
I was never a willing Pearl to Jam. take the risk. No, that's fine. You go, <laughs> you go out on that ledge, Will. I, uh, I was never a Pearl Jam person either. I think the only thing, like I've listened, like I have a couple of their albums, and because it's like I want to listen to them and see what the, the hype is about. Like they're fine. I think the one um, song that I liked was they did that cover of of Last Kiss, which was a big deal because it was that '50s death rock one where it's literally every '50s song where it's like girl gets in a car crash and dies. <laughs> okay. So, which was called death rock. That's the genre of music oh, and it's yeah. from the '50s, and that was cool. But I think. It's like the voice was always very tough for me to get into because it's like you hear Eddie Vedder speak, you hear Dave Matthews speak, yeah. you hear any of them speak, and then it's like, why, why, why are you doing that to your voice? Why changing it so much? What are you doing, right. what are you doing here? Would I you, mean, then you could argue, well, they do that in opera as well. So yeah, I, guess, right. I guess that kind of makes sense there. Um, Soundgarden definitely, though. Do you have a specific album from Soundgarden? or? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I just think anything they do is, is great. Yeah, I but. mean, I'm. I don't have any albums of theirs that I don't like. Yeah, which is cool. I just think Chris Cornell's brilliant. Like he's yeah, he's fabulous. One of my favorites. Um, he's definitely up there, and you know the. My big group of musicians who, I admire a lot. Like he's definitely one of them. Yeah, miss um, the guy a lot. Oh God, dude, he was. I liked he even had a second career essentially because he was doing the audio slave thing and then he nailed the song for um casino royale yeah and that was phenomenal and i was like holy shit and that brought him back completely and then he did everything like everything again. he touched was great was gold and just man was just an incredible songwriter he was a great player too like a lot of people don't remember it's like yeah he's a great guitarist yeah like because all i think is he was just the front guy but it's like no the dude was a really good guitarist um yeah, and I mean, I think as far as rock, it's just very vague in that point because there's a lot that I have. I really, really like um, one of my favorite rock albums is Deep Purple's Machine Head, which oh, okay. is a super awesome album because just uh, Richie Blackmore is one of my favorite guitarists, but like the keyboard playing on that album is like, holy shit, like that is the best part of that album. Like, I mean, but they they were such a consistent band live and also in the studio. Um, I believe that's only a seven or eight track album. Like it's not a big album. But that has like a lot of their big big hits on it. Yeah, and just front to back, it's like every song is just a banger. Um, and that I, that always was cool for me with albums, where it's like you could put it on and there were no songs where it's like okay, this is kind of a lull. I'm just getting through it. I no skip skips, it. right? That was yeah. When you have a no skipper, that's a really big deal. Um, for for anything like that. So one of my favorite no skipper albums i like how we coined it the no, the no skipper yeah the, the, yeah when you get a real gilligan in there yeah and, uh the no skipper that was the gilligan joke <laughs> anyway thank you <laughs> yeah somebody <laughs> rang the thank bell you, everybody gilligan skipper whatever i'll show my way uh, myself out um one of my favorite bands is no doubt i adore them their early stuff was very cool because they were basically a ska band yeah, or a, a funk band because they had a lot. They had a big horn section, and then they got poppy over the years, which is fine because I still liked a lot of their pop stuff because it was very kind of heavy dance stuff, um, which was great. But their second album was called the Beacon Street album, and their first two albums they recorded themselves. They weren't on like a label, right? I remember you saying they that. just did yeah. it themselves. And that album for me, their second one specifically, they had a horn section and everything. Like th that album is a no skipper for me. I can just truck through that thing like 
every song is great. I love it. Yeah. It's one of those ones I've listened to it so much. That's like how I am with the Spice Girls albums where it's, I know the next song coming up. <laughs> I know what key it's going to be. I always try to like start singing it or start humming it and see if I can match whatever key it's yeah. in. Like that's always one of my favorite things to do um, with that. But that I think is is kind of a great point where it's it's you know you don't want to skip over anything that's what makes it such a solid album and i think any of the ones we've discussed today it's you can't listen to just one song they have to be that's uh, uh, the completeness to it that's what makes it the full album as opposed to i just like this song i just like that single it's yeah. the entirety it's and the I album think, art it's right everything. it's the album yeah album art too is another big thing and it's but i think that's what makes them some of the best albums when you're when you can play through all of it in its entirety yeah when there's hit after hit or great song after great song those are the ones that you know you know ring a bell for me oh that's yeah and my ultimate one is no skippers asia from steely dan i mean i was waiting for yeah steely i know dan i had to wait to the, i had to wait to well, the end i was gonna ask if you had to coin like a favorite if you it's had, that one. You think you think Age would be your favorite? It's that one. Yeah. Well, I would say you wouldn't talk about the super group of all super groups. Yeah. Where I'm, everyone is just an incredible player. And I think that's what makes that album so great is that they were able to bring in everybody. Diff- yeah. Like <laughs> like literally, they would record one song and the next day be a completely different band. Yeah. And that's what that album is. It's just different. Band after band, and they're all killer players. It's a monster. Yeah, it has the best studio musicians of all time that are Mm -hmm. playing on that record, and it is—it's probably the closest thing I think to perfection, recording-wise. It's, and it's, you know, before like computers and things got really involved, um, and it it was—it's so precise. It's crazy. Yeah, it is so crazy. The artistry in it alone. It's yeah. just such a big deal. Um, obviously, the album, the cover is very iconic. Yeah. Like that, I always think is really cool, too. That's my no skipper. That's a great no skipper. It's a no skipper. I don't know if I have a favorite album. That's a really yeah. hard thing to coin. It's, and that's hard for me to say that that's my ultimate. It's just, it's my you go-to. You hold it very highly as opposed uh, yeah, to Yeah, I don't, I never like to say something, like, like I don't have a, a favorite drummer. Mm-hmm. I don't have a favorite album. I don't have a favorite song because it all changes with the wind. Yeah. You know, and it's, and plus, like we always talk about here, this is art. Well, how, well, how, who's us to say that this is perfect? Yeah. I guess it's what means the most to you. Yes. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, like I had a favorite song for a, a decade and then I was like, I don't like this anymore. Right. You don't listen to it. It doesn't do anymore. anything for me anymore as a favorite song. Yeah. Um, and then that, changed completely because i mean we change and that's the whole point i mean right. like i have a lot of no skipper albums i have a lot of favorite albums I have, I have like probably a top 10 but that interchange is probably every week yeah of of just just anything like really high on my list is yellow brick road that's like way fucking up there for right. me like that's an awesome awesome album and i know it's like we already talked about Elton john but it's like that's that's like for me that that is a beautiful piece of like artistry i mean carol king's tapestry that's like always up there for me um and then like you know me getting flack from all the local guitarists like the first madonna album is like really goddamn good how dare you i'm yeah sorry um you know or or like michael jackson's off the wall that's huge for me or that or the second no doubt album like there's a lot one of my all-time favorites is um the fuji's album the score which had their cover of um killing me softly on it Mm. and like i didn't talk about hip-hop stuff really in this but that album's fucking art 
And I have so many students who come to me all the time. They're always like, yeah, Nicki Minaj this or Cardi B this and female rapper that. And I'm like, listen to Lauren Hill because she just dumps on everybody. Like she wasn't only a phenomenal writer. She was a phenomenal rapper. She was a phenomenal singer. They're from New Jersey. I mean, that's like the coolest thing. Like no one talks about them being from New Jersey. And they were like very important in, in the hip hop world. Right. You know? And I wish more people kind of talked about that. But Now, do you have one that's more modern? What's probably the most recent? A more... Because I know we talked about, like, nowadays it's very hard to have a complete album or it's mostly singles. Oh, man. But what do you think's m- probably the most recent in I ha- time? I have two that would be more more recent. Um, Bruno Mars' 24 Carat album, I think... You beat me is- to it. You were gonna. You were thinking that one. That's definitely yeah, definitely. Well, you one. turned me on to that album, and yeah, because I, I, I like him, and I think he's incredibly talented. I think the Super Bowl performance got me. That was the most I've ever watched of a sports thing. Um, was him doing the halftime show, and I was like, this dude's holy shit! Like, where did he come from? Because I heard Glad all this little it. sappy stuff, and then he went into like James Brown mode, and I was like, yeah. that's it right there. Ultimate like entertainer now. Holy crap! Because yeah. he was a ghostwriter for years and years and years. Um. But I think one of my more recent ones is Daft Punk's Random Access Memories. Jeez, it's two for two. Were you thinking that one too? That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are really the only two that I can kind of come well, up now with. Well, Nile Rodgers is one of my absolute favorite musicians. That dude playing guitar on that album was just holy shit. Yeah. Um, and that album cleaned up. Oh, my Grammys. God. Those guys are fabulous. And I wish yeah. they got more credits. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, they wear the Mega Man helmets yeah, and helmets. do whatever. And it's like, they know what How they're doing. How long ago was that up? It's really not technically not that recent anymore, it's but be five or six years now. Yeah, um, that one is potentially a no skipper. From what that's definitely a no skipper for me. Yeah, I love, like, everything about that album is just really, really, really cool. I mean, as, and as far as albums go, we didn't even get into things like soundtracks where you have stuff like that, where it's like you that's have any, any Tarantino movie soundtrack. It's like those are no skippers for me because i'm like these are awesome like just uh because there's an artistry in compiling songs for a soundtrack and disney and well (laughs) we won't even start that yeah that's a whole i shouldn't have said it um but i i liked this kind of topic because it's very freeform um and look how much we kind of covered in this you know just bouncing from album to album to artist to artist why it works you know and I, I i like keeping it positive more so like this where it's like the ones that we like we weren't like oh this album sucks and don't listen right. to it. it's all filler music one that's song next episode <laughs> that'll be the next one yeah um I, I like the positivity with this kind of thing i think that's very very important um as as far as this this all kind of goes so my biggest thing i guess to kind of wrap this thing up or, or tie it up with a pretty bow is for you people watching and listening to us beat off at home Listen to something you're not familiar with. Go outside of your boundary. You know, whether you're a guitarist and you only listen to rock, try to break out of that. I know it's very hard because a lot of people are always, you know, creatures of comfort. Creatures of comfort. They want to do things they know. That's why so many people go out to see cover bands and tribute bands because it's what they know. Right. But, you know, to kind of break out from where you are, I mean, you might be surprised with what you listen to. It's going to help you grow as a player and as just a musician and just as a listener. Yeah, I think it's very important because there's some stuff you mentioned today that I've never listened to. I'm going to probably start (laughs) vice versa. And that's what I was going to mention as like, you know, my signing off point was just, you know, sharing these stories and and our favorite albums. And you might come across something that you now love to listen to discover somebody new. 
Yeah. And just like you said, stepping out of your boundaries, I mean, it's very, very important. We're always sending each other stuff to oh, listen all, every, to. Every day. Every yep. day. Um, but I, I think that's a nice way to kind of close. Step out of those boundaries. Yep. Listen to what your friends are listening to and vice versa. Get everybody into music. That's the whole point of this art. It's to be into things. But, you know, I would just like to say for our 20th episode here, thank yes. you guys so much for listening and watching us beat off at home. Hopefully you had a nice cup of tea. Uh, over there we if, did. You, if you would like to support us on patreon uh, go to charlesreed.com we have a patreon button on there uh, it's one dollar a month to help us put these videos together and you get your name in the credits which i think is pretty cool as well yeah. we're not doing a big old tier kind of thing with that we're keeping it simple um but in closing my name is charles Arita, and i'm will sarver and we want to thank you guys so much again for beating off with us and we will see you in the next one ciao see you